And welcome to episode two of the Water Trio podcast. So I'm Cassandra Tyndall and joining me is my two dear friends, Alicia Sheikh Yusuf. Hi, Alicia. Great to see you again. And I've also got my other dear friend, Kelly Surtees. Hey, Kel. Hey, Cass. And so we're the Water Trio. Um, Before we start, I'd just like to put out a little warning. We are three adult women who have been friends for a very long time. So we might have the occasional naughty word and um, or we might go into um, an area that may not be appropriate for young children. So if you would like to pop on your headphones, you're more than welcome to. So today we're going to be talking about a little bit of the astrology of the second week of November, which is the week beginning Monday the 12th. So, uh, Kel, did you want to start us off with the astrology of week two of November? Totally. I mean, my big astrology event for this week is uh, Mars moving into Pisces. I, like, arguably, I'm actually more excited for this than Jupiter going into Sag. (laughs) Not like, I mean, I'm definitely excited about Jupiter going into Sag, uh, but you know, Mars in Aquarius, we've had five months of this and that's a long time for Mars to be in one sign. So there's a change coming through about a planet that's been in this stuck condition for months and months and months. So Mars moves into Pisces uh, Thursday, November 15th, if you're in Canada and the States, and that'll be Friday, November 16th, if you're in Australia. And that it kind of splits November into two. The first half of the month, we've got Mars in Aquarius. So we're still kind of in our rational brains. We're still trying to be really logical and clear headed, which is great for all of those things. Second half of the month, we've got like the spiritual warrior, if you like, of Mars in Pisces. And we will have Mars in Pisces for six weeks until the end. Actually, it's very early January 2019. Uh, yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, I don't necessarily, like, I think there's a, a, a change in the feeling, you know, the internal mm-hmm. feeling or the mood that people are going to notice. I think the major events or fireworks with Mars in Pisces, you know, we can save them for next week's video. Uh, but I'm just really happy for Mars to move into a different part of the sky. Yeah, so. I agree with you, Kel. I mean, Mars just being who Mars is, has been stuck for such a long time. So it's like trying to drive with the handbrake on. It's just sort of going nowhere fast. So just having that free flow is just going to be a bit of a a breath of fresh air. What are your thoughts on that, Leishi? Well, I think it'd be nice for Mars to get out of an air sign, you know, (laughs) minds. It's like the monkey mind for me that's been going on for the last five months. Mm. It's finally going to shift and it can bring in, as you were saying, Kel, you know, more into feelings and intuition and what's going on inside really gives some expression and some passion and what we want into that area of our lives. Um, and I think, you know, give, give a bit of a, a move it along for the water signs too, because um, there's been quite a bit happening for those. So it'll be nice to kind of get that extra oomph added into those water signs. Yeah, I think that's a really nice point because, you know, Mars does have uh, a triplicity strength in the water signs. So Mars is kind of comfortable in the water signs. Mars in Pisces is kind of a beautiful balance, if you like, between Mars in Cancer and and Mars in Scorpio. And Mars in Pisces, there's a gentleness to it, but there's a real strength to it as well. 
I think that it's a, a real shift from we've had Mars in Aquarius, which is a fixed sign. So there's been a real sense of being able to like make plans and stick to them. Or it might have felt like you're just grinding over the same thing again and again and again. So one of the fun things I think we'll all notice heading into the weekend is Mars is now in more of a movement oriented sign. So there's going to be more going on, maybe more things to juggle. Uh, for some of us, we're going to like having multitasking as an option again. But for other people, there's that potential to feel a little bit scattered. So I think, you know, it's good to keep in mind that there are some downsides to Mars coming into Pisces, maybe taking on too many things, maybe putting your energy into trying to save others or help others or putting energy into other people's priorities rather than your own. So we don't want to dissipate our passions or our energy, but certainly that idea of like reconnecting with maybe some spiritual plans or projects or even some creative passions becomes more possible once Mars moves into Pisces. So yeah, that's my big, that's the big thing I'm watching this week that I'm super excited about. Mm, very I exciting. Really that analogy you put, Kel, of the spiritual warrior, you know, someone who's really doing things. It kind of reminds me of Mahatma Gandhi. Um, mm. Those, you know, getting action, but through peaceful things, you know, through connecting and, or even the Dalai Lama. Mm -hmm. so standing up for things but in a soft peaceful way but it's like that pressure of water that keeps on dripping all the time that's what really makes long-term change so yeah I think it's a really cool analogy that you used with that thanks yeah and I think the water element is often underestimated in terms of how powerful and how much strength it has mm -hmm. what you just said there like with <clears throat> the drips of water wearing things away over time, you know, we've, we're all Aussie girls by heart and we, we grew up in Sydney or we spent a lot of time together in Sydney. And it makes me think of the big sandstone cliffs, uh, you know, down at the beach where you can see, I mean, sandstone's not a super hard stone, but you can see the, the kind of corrosion and the effect that the water has had just very gradually over time because the pace of movement and progress in a water sign is going to be kind of slower or gradual or incremental. But, and so it's easy to feel like it's very slow, but if you take that step back, you can see actually we have had progress here. So a little bit more of an intuitive style coming through, but I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say about this week as well. Yeah. Well, what would you like to talk about, Alicia? Well, I was going to actually have a look at the beginning of the week. Yes. I'll, I'll have a look at the beginning and the end. Uh, <laughs> Love it. <laughs> So 12th, 13th, um, we've got the moon in Capricorn and that's going to be in there highlighting Saturn again and Pluto again, mm. but Saturn's direct. Um, so there is more movement with it, but it is really getting into that heavier energy. And I feel like, you know, after all the change and the shifts and everything that happened last week and the winging it that we were doing, yeah. um, as you put so beautifully, Kel, it's time to actually have a look at it. Um, be a bit long-term about it. Take all that excitement and the opportunities and the belief and the faith that we had with last week and really ground it down and mm -hmm. think, okay, what can I actually do? You know, I want to say yes to everything um, with that Jupiter and Sag energy, but let's get a bit realistic and think, mm, what can I actually do? Because the opposite side of this, it can be a bit melancholic. Mm. Um, the moon through Capricorn, it's not it's happy sign. Um, it's in its detriment there. 
or it's fall. I can't get those two mixed up. Um, but it's, it's not, it's happy place. It's, it's dry, it's cold and we can feel that a bit. So just know that your energy may ebb a bit then, but it's almost a time to kind of, okay, take things down a notch, calm down after the crazy of last week and really think what we can practically and realistically achieve. I think, you know, especially when the moon is going to conjunct Pluto um, on the 13th is there'll be a lot stirred up um, and a lot brought to the surface again and kind of going on with those themes of what's been happening um, with that new moon in Scorpio and the end of that Scorpio energy. So it might be just a last touch in on, on having a look what's beneath and, and what we can transform. Are there any last bits we need to kind of, you know, change you know be the alchemist take the gold um purify things and take the gold out of that crucible yeah that's a good point lishi because that will be the first time the moon's in cap since the south node went there mm. so that's going to bring another element of perhaps cleansing or release as well yeah that mm. is a really good point yeah mm. so it's going to really change the feel of the moons in cancer and cap as we go through them yeah and it's a good point leash because we've got saturn pluto and the south node now all in the same uh -huh. sign so every month when the moon comes back to capricorn we're getting there is sort of that heavier a the moon in capricorn has a melancholic quality but with the saturn the pluto and the south node it's like heavy it's like what do you really want to hold on to you can't hold on to anything that's not substantial or not kind of core and meaningful it's like we've got to get rid of you know get rid of some of the dead wood i think yeah and that purification of that south node mm. it's like that point where old things come up we don't really recognize where they're coming from, but you know, their patterns you've seen before. And it's like a chance to go, okay, it, like I just mm. don't want this anymore. And that's where we can look into that cancer side for that balance, um, move into that more intuitive, sensitive side of ourselves to balance from that heaviness of, that Capricorn can bring. Totally. Yeah. Getting rid of the heaviness. Well, I mean, maybe making friends with it. <laughs> we have such a long time of not, I mean, making friends, but maybe holding space for it because, you know, it is a bit of a, an intensifying, I really like this. I hadn't thought about it at least like this. So I'm glad you mentioned it like the South node, Saturn, Pluto, and then the moon, just, it's a good reminder. A lot of old, maybe a lot of old stuff that needs to be purged or released or, reworked you know like can you bring this old piece of furniture back to life do you, does it need some polish spit and polish or does it just need to go to the tip basically yeah and i guess the fact that it's happening what monday morning aussie time it's not a bad way to start the week you know as a wind-up soldier maybe just sort of not getting sort of too caught up in what you know mars's eventual entrance into pisces could bring and it's just kind of you know maybe just getting the job done, head down, bum up, you know, in the way that Capricorn likes to operate. So, um, you know, might have a little bit of a, a practical benefit as well, maybe. Especially as it leads into, you know, the Friday. Um, it's going to be the feeling it starts off that week because, yeah, Friday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> totally. What are you guys talking about right now? Well, so Monday morning Australian time is this whole moon 
Pluto, Saturn, South Node thing. So yeah, with you know, just like maybe doing serious, get down to business, head down, bum up, because then by Friday, our you know, on the Southern Hemisphere, it's the sixteenth. So that's when we have the Mars in Pisces, Venus. Okay, right. So you just like the, the contrast yeah, in the energy how the from... week starts and then how it finishes. Yeah. It's okay. like clearing it of it. Exactly. And the Capricorn piece, it might be sort of taking care of business before mm. the big changes come. You know, what loose ends do we need to tie up? What do we need to really uh, focus our more productive or ambitious energies on before things become a little bit more mutable and, and changeable again? So uh, that's what I mean. From Monday morning, I think it could actually be quite productive and a uh, mm. bit of that proverbial wind up soldier energy around it. Just mm. getting, getting shite done, you know? Yeah, that's and a good point. Like, it's a bit of a balance as well because last week had so much change and so much shift. And then we're going to get that again towards the end of this week. So it's like, it's a nice way to ground it, a nice way to kind of just go, okay, you know, yeah, get feet on, get feet on the earth, get back into my body, you know, focus a bit on the long-term goals and then <laughs> like back to basics, getting grounded. Yeah. 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 So in, and in contrast to the lovely energies at the end of the week as well. Yeah. Yeah. No. And you make a good point, Cass, about like having Capricorn or Saturn energy, you know, at the start of the work week or even in the middle of the work week is often like, okay, well, we can actually use that while we're doing our kind of busy part of our life, whether we're working in an office or working in the home or, you know, whatever our work happens to be. Yeah. You know, Monday morning just does bring that productive energy. And, uh, I mean, for me, technically it sort of operates as my Saturday, but that doesn't stop the rest of the world from emailing me wanting things because it's Monday. So it's definitely got that, uh, you know, okay, we're back at the grind. We're doing this, we're doing that type of energy for it. So, yeah, so that's kind of how the week starts. And so, um, and then we kind of move on to, the end of the week so we've already talked about the mars in pisces um and then we've talked about the start of the week so lishi was there anything that you wanted to add to um to this week in terms of your aspects well just that on the 16th you know joining that mars in pisces and that balance as well you know the moon's going to be in pisces as we're moving into the mm. weekend here in, in, in australia so it's almost like it's going to hold mars's hand as it as it crosses over into that energy yeah, it's, it's going to hold our hands straight to the beach yes <laughs> and i'll as be jealous yes i'll be very jealous um, but it is, it's a very Neptunian weekend, isn't it? With Mars having gone into Pisces, the moon coming into Pisces, and then the moon will actually hit up Neptune on um, Saturday, the 17th of yeah. November. So and, yeah. And Mercury go retrograde. Square Neptune. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So we might get lost on our way to the beach. <laughs> Double check your directions at the end of the week. Make Double sure check you... who we send our selfies from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, be clear because Mercury's going to station. And look, for my money, I always think 
Mercury station. So the day, you know, just before, just after Mercury going retrograde is actually the more difficult part of the Mercury retrograde. You know, when Mercury's in the middle of its retrograde and it's kind of just reversing, I don't think that's too, too, it's not as tricky in my experience as like the very start or the very end of the retrograde. So there's definitely a bit of a caution, I guess, about double checking who the emails, who the pictures are going to, that type of thing. Um, You just want to make sure you're not having any of those cross wires or saying the wrong thing, you know, mm-hmm. Mercury's in Sag, we're already suffering from foot and mouth disease. Totally. And then when we throw in the, the square to Neptune, um, don't believe everything you read here or even say. <laughs> <I think. laughs> yeah, for sure. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be a very foggy uh, Neptune station. You know, maybe even a little bit of battle around ideas and beliefs as well, or even that internal conflict about, you know, fantasies and and ideals and beliefs too. We see a lot of that coming through, no doubt. Totally, totally. I I feel for me, you know, I see Mercury retrograde as turning the mind inwards. Mm. So it's less expression out and more expression in. So, you know, taking yourself off transmit and on to receive. Um, Oh, that's so beautifully put off transmit and on to receive. Yeah. And, and, you know, because it's in a mutable sign as well, it's, it's able to kind of drag things in and and pull things in, in a different Mm. way than if it was in a cardinal. Um, So, you know, it will be shifting back into Scorpio. Um, So I feel like that's that last little (laughs) sting in the tail um, (laughs) from what has been the Scorpio crazy, the buffet of crazy, actually this whole year of buffet of crazy, to be honest, but I feel like let's just go right up to that smorgasbord and eat it all. Yeah. (laughs) No, thanks. But yeah, so, you know, that'll be the the second, uh, the first week of December. It it will dip back Mm -hmm. into Scorpio and be in there and and we'll get more to that when we're in that Mm -hmm. time. But we are revisiting, you know, what was happening during that whole period when Venus was retrograding in Scorpio, when Jupiter was in those end bits of Scorpio. So over that time, we're going to be back into that. So yeah, just something to keep mindful and something to, you know, as our mind turns inwards, what are we turning it inwards towards? How can we consciously use that energy um, of being on receive? Mm, and I think that little bit, what you said about transmit and receive, you know, once it goes back into Scorpio, that is that golden opportunity. If you haven't been doing it, switch that dial and, and put it into that receive mode, especially mm. being in that mode before we then get back out into kind of the sag crazy so yeah that's that is a little bit of our nugget of gold our our hashtag for (laughs) for, for this one (laughs) well yeah and i guess if i bring my data nerd into it um mercury won't get back to being retrograde in scorpio till early december so we've got, I, I like that idea of like receiving with Mercury going retro. And I think with Mercury going retro square Neptune, it's receiving that kind of maybe divine or intuitive insight. Mm. And to get that, you've got to get still. And so, you know, the end of this week, uh, with so much going on, um, it's definitely a time to maybe chill, 
to take a break, hit the beach. Maybe I'll take a bath. There'll be no beach for me to go to. But it's that <laughs> idea of quiet time, like whether it's meditation or doing that beautiful you know, journal writing first thing in the morning, but getting some stillness or quiet mm-hmm. so that you can hear whatever is going on inside. Mm. Yep. Yeah, totally. And with the whole, um, you know, Sagittarius wants to, you know, questing, it's seeking truth, it's seeking wisdom, it's seeking that experience. And then once it, you know, that, that energy is going backwards, it's kind of maybe getting that little understanding or insight around that, you know, when you do quiet the mind and you do have that little bit of mindfulness or stillness or whatever it is you'd like to call it, that's where that, that intuition or those antennas really get uh, tuned in and we don't have to go looking so um, frantically because we kind of know within what, what the answer is or what the truth is or what it is that you're looking for. So it will mm. kind of just temper down Jupiter's exuberance um, a little bit, I think. Um, in a little bit, I don't think you can really drag Jupiter down. And if you do, it's not for very long. So <laughs> it well, bounces right back up. It but does. Yeah. Yeah. That Ju- yeah. The Mercury bit will just kind of maybe give it just that little bit more of a, a bit more thoughtfulness around it. Um, mm. Yeah. That's kind of, you know, just a little bit of a, I'm going to shoot my arrow in a certain direction, but I'm going to do it in a way that is a little bit more um, thoughtful or, you know, mindful around it. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I always think one of the great things to keep in mind with Mercury Retro is that you don't know what you don't know. And I think, Mm. you know, that's part of like a Mercury Retrograde is just to go back over things, to realize maybe you did overlook something or you did drop something or you did forget something. Um, But we can't know that in advance. You know, you can't know what you're going to forget or what you've left behind until, you know, you need it and you realize it's not there, for instance. But if we go into it knowing, keeping that open mind or that they call it beginner's mind in sort of spiritual traditions, if you kind of go in with curiosity rather than, you know, Mercury and Sag can get on its soapbox a little bit. And Mm. so if you, if you ask questions instead of make judgments, it'll help keep you in that space where you're open to having new things, um, like receiving basically. Yeah. I love that Kel. And it's, I, um, over a couple of weeks ago, I did Marianne Williamson's Teach the Teacher course oh, yes. offered online for free. And there's a few nuggets of what we're talking about, I thought to just bring up, which is one of them was, you know, being really conscious about what we do first thing in the morning. Um, you know, part of it was that walking the talk, like we talked about last episode and the importance of doing that. But she said, you know, what's the first thing you reach for in the morning? Is it your computer? Is it your phone? You know, are you connecting into the crazy that is in the culture around us? Or are you choosing to do a five-minute meditation? Mm. Or even she talked about the power of prayer um, and even bringing in contemplation into that. You know, what's that first thing, that opening up? You know, I feel like that that Neptune square with the with the Mercury will really help that and open us up for that. Um, and the other thing she talked about was the importance of being willing to be with the unknown, mm. you know, that, that whole, and, and Mercury's already in its detriment in Sag anyway. Um, Mercury doesn't really like to speak the big ideas and, and all of that so much. So it, it's struggling in a way anyway. So it's almost like, okay, just let go and let flow, let, let whatever needs to come through us come through and don't control it. 
you know, mm-hmm. we're, le- we're leaving, we're leaving the, the land of Scorpio's control right now. So if we can let go and let flow, maybe that first week of December will be easier and whatever needs to be cleaned out then, you know, can be. Yeah, you reminded me, Leish, when you talk about Mercury in detriment in, in Sag. So all the signs, all the planets, I should say, they have signs where they're really comfortable or signs that are kind of uncomfortable for them because there's a bit of a disconnect between the nature of the planet and the quality of the sign. And so Mercury is said to be in detriment. It's a little bit uncomfortable in Sag. But one chart that I've been teaching off a lot lately in my lectures and, and online classes and things, which is a great example of using the power of a detriment planet positively, is actually the chart of Brene Brown, um, love which I know we all love her. We're all sort of women <laughs> of a certain age and, and Brene Brown's work definitely speaks to us, um, only because I know our WhatsApp chat, our water trail <laughs> has been lit up by um, Brene Brown stuff in the past. But she has has, I wonder if I can find the chart while I'm talking. She has Mercury in Sag basically ruling um, a lot of stuff in her chart. She's a Sag rising, um, but she's got a Virgo midheaven. And so her, I was like, this woman is kind of known for Mercury things. And mm. one of the, the key points that I've really been tapping into here is that a planet in detriment, yeah, there can be a downfall or problem associated with that planet. But sometimes if you are the person who has the planet in detriment, you can actually get involved in trying to solve problems that are of the nature of that planet. And so one of the things Brene Brown does is she has done hugely detailed, very Virgo moon, very Pluto midheaven Virgo kind of research about what goes wrong in our minds, in our internal conversations and in our thought patterns that interferes with us being able to kind of fully participate in our own lives, in our success, in our relationship. So it's almost like she's looking at kind of, um, you know, interrupted or maybe slightly dysfunctional thinking processes, which would be a great example of Mercury and Sag. And she's bringing some data and some insight to help shift that. And so I think one of the things we could all do with Mercury and Sag, because Mercury is going to be in Sag for like six weeks, basically all of November and the first couple of weeks of December, other than those few days when it pops into Scorpio. I think with Mercury and Sag, we've all got a chance to kind of really get to know what our thought patterns and processes are, what our rackets, what our mental rackets are, to get familiar with the stories we tell ourselves and how they're not always an accurate reflection of what's really going on. So I think there's a little bit of, you know, kind of like mental um, self-reflection or mental learning that can come in. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And I guess it kind of your point, what you bring up now, Kel, also plays into the fact that it's in Sag, squaring Neptune, you know, what are the beliefs, what are the facts, what are the fantasies? Yeah. And trying to, uh, I guess, uh, Jupiter, integrate that, cohere all of that and get some kind of level playing field between your mind, reality, and maybe, you know, your significant other or you know, the work problem, however it's playing out for you, but getting that kind of even keel Uh, in your own mind, finding that balance somehow. Totally. Like, and just questioning, I mean, there's an article that Brene Brown wrote like for Oprah magazine or something um, where she basically said, you know, she was talking about how she got home from work one day and her husband's got his head in the fridge and he says, oh my God, there's no food for dinner. 
and she reacts with, oh my God, I'm doing the best I can. I just didn't have time to pick up groceries. You know, I had a full day, blah, blah, blah. She just snaps and blurted out. Like I'm sure so many of us have done in domestic situations like that before. And her husband actually stops and says, hey, honey, I don't know what just happened in your head. Um, I didn't say that you should have picked something up. I wasn't angry at you for the fact that there was no food. I was just making an observation and wondering whether we should order in Thai or whatever. Um, And I'm sort of paraphrasing here, but she's trying to highlight the fact that that was a story that she sort of told herself. Her The way she reacted was because she thought she'd been judged when that wasn't actually what had happened. Yeah. And that little vignette is a really great example of how we often really stuff up our own relationships, whether our friendships or our sexual relationships or even our work relationships because we've got a story going on in our mind that, mm-hmm. you know, and then I think back to Oprah's stuff like, do you know that to be true? Do you really, like, is that, do you know for sure that's what the other person thought about you or did you just think that's what they thought? thought about you. And then we're in the rabbit hole of the mind, which is very Mercury Neptune. And so I think you could, you know, there's a lot you can do with this sort of symbolism of questioning what you think, you know, versus what the facts are telling you. Mm. It's kind of perfect the way it's happening because that same day, you know, we've got Venus going direct. Totally. as that's happening, we can be, and if we're mindful and bringing that within and, and really thinking about it, we can be bringing that back into our relationships. All those things we've been rediscovering, reassessing with that Venus retrograde, it's now going to go back forward and travel over all that territory. Um, and we can be bringing in what we're learning with the Mercury retrograde to really fill it out. And I just get the sense of opportunities and fulfillment in our intimate relationships and, and the people that we really care about. Mm, Totally. I mean, I'm personally very excited about the Venus station in Libra, um, 25 degrees. Um, So it's definitely going to be, uh, you know, definitely comfortable ground for Libra to be, uh, or Venus to be recovering from. So, and conjoined the fixed star speaker. So Mm. it's definitely offering that, you know, that double boost or that double benefit or that double support. It's, you know, it's often said in astrology, I think it might have been uh, Ben Dykes I first heard it from, you know, when a planet is stationing direct, it's like you've been bedridden with a flu or whatever for a few days and you're not in your best condition, but you might be okay enough to get up and make yourself some tea and toast, you know, Vegemite, of course. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) I love Vegemite toast. You don't do do Vegemite? Only on a hangover. Oh my gosh. You're so Australian. I mean, I basically can't eat it anymore because it's got yeast and et cetera in it, but Vegemite on toast, like what colour do you make of Vegemite? I used to smash the butter in there with it and make it like yes. brown and not black. Oh, my God. And we were having a massive Australian moment here. Um, <laughs> that much food today. So. I know. <laughs> like, well, we're just we're unlike just us. So, so chewing on the astro, the astro fat. So we'll get on to, you know, food and, and things to suit, I'm sure. But as we, as we Venus, go. Venus, 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 Venus. And now we're talking about food. I love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so you get up to the kitchen. You know, for me, I make myself a coffee and some Vegemite toast. And you're not at your best, but you're starting to on that road to recovery. So even our relationships are not, you know, or whatever the Venus 
uh, retrograde piece has been for you, it's still not at its best, but being in Libra and conjoined speaker, I think if you can put your best foot forward, regardless, you're mm. going to get a favorable outcome. You yeah. know, whether that means you're having that Samantha sex in the city, I love you, but I love me more moment. And you've got mm. to communicate that, you know, Libra is in uh, an air sign after all. And she is a planet that likes to please, likes to accommodate, likes harmony. She's been at a place where it's been all but that. So it might be her coming out of that. And whether it's for better, for worse or indifferent, with speaker's support, the outcome's going to be pretty good. And I'm really excited about that. Maybe you've been a bit of a arch throughout the Venus retrograde. Come out with your olive branch. All cards on the table. I love you. Whatever it is, you know. Like, <laughs> oh, I love your Libra insights, Cass. This is this is just so close to my moon, isn't it? Right. So, <laughs> my whole moon north node. Oh man. Uh, anyway, let's not go there. But I just really feel it's just it's beautiful, and I'm I'm personally very much looking forward to that. Just. I don't know. I just want everyone to get along. Well, no, and it's a, it's a really good point, Cass, because A, Venus is ending her retrograde, but I kind of don't care if Venus is retrograde in Libra. I'm just happy that she's in Libra. Exactly. <laughs> that's just much, so much nicer. Better. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, the speaker factor, like 24 degrees Libra, sort of 23, 24, 25 degrees Libra. This is one of the brightest stars in the heavens. It's very close to the ecliptic, if I'm remembering correctly, and it's associated with brilliance and wisdom. So it's that idea of, you know, maybe getting some insights, maybe being able to act on them. And I love what you said, Cass, about, you know, come out with the olive branch, like repair, reconnect, collaborate, find support. doesn't matter if it didn't work two weeks ago, give it another shot because with Venus kind of turning around, starting to go forward again, there, that opportunity to kind of have a second chance and get a better or at least a different result definitely yeah. exists. Just kiss yeah. and make up, you know, like <laughs> hashtag kiss and make up Venus. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm seeing a lot of clients who had some damage done to relationships when Mars was retrograde. Yes. Various and Capricorn. And, you know, there was quite a lot of cutting. Um, yes. And, so and the, v- the Mars retro period to recap late June to late August. Yeah. Not yeah. a happy time. So people yeah. who had like relationship damage then, this yeah, is like a repair time. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that late July when it was um, in that square to Uranus, you know, it was like all these sudden shocks happened. And I've like, I've got a number of client stories where they've just had to cut things off. So it's like now that they can go back and offer that olive branch, even when it creeps into those early stages of Scorpio, um, you know, that's, that's a possibility as well. So that's further on, um, in December, isn't it? When it creeps back into Scorpio. Yeah. That first week of December. Yes. Yeah. That end of that second week of November is, uh, definitely that turning point, isn't it? It's really going to sort of demarcate, you know, the first half of November versus the second half. We've got a little bit of a warm up or a prelude or a preview in that first week. And then going into the second week, it's kind of like, right, we're all out there now. It's all happening. So yeah, yeah, Yeah. it's exciting. So are you going to do anything to celebrate Venus station direct? I mean, are we going to go out for dinner or what are we going to do? Have you guys got any plans (laughs) with your significant others to let me check the calendar. 
you know, extend all the branches. I mean, it would certainly make for a beautiful date night or, you know, sitting across the table from each other and talking, you know, really, because that's sometimes that forced talking environment can really highlight or, or connect, you know, bring that beautiful connection through. So, yeah, plan your date night on uh is it the 15th in the Northern Hemisphere, Kel? Um, the Venus station is direct on the 16th here as well. So it must be very yeah. early in the morning for us and later in the day for mm. you guys. Um, yeah, so Venus's day, Friday, date night, stationing direct in her own sign. Yeah, I'm going to have a date that night, I think. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> get lucky i love it it sounds good (laughs) so any other tips that we want to share for this week i feel like we've really packed a lot into this episode yeah yeah Yeah. i just i think you know what cass was saying that that friday because as well it's it's extending the olive branch but it's it's turning from the transmit to receive as well so it's really being able to listen to what the other person has to say Mm. and to take that inside and ruminate on it a bit to, to dwell on it. Um, so that's my little two cents worth. Oh, just as you were saying that, that made me think of something. I'm going to hear a very Australian bird in the background for one of you guys. Um, <laughs> that's my rooster. Oh, it's a rooster. I thought it was some exotic parrot or cockatoo or something. Um, but what you, what you were just saying, Leash, made me think about when somebody else shares something with you, if you take it as a criticism or if you take it as a judgment, it's going to cause problems. But mm. if you welcome it from a place of curiosity, like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder why they're like that. or I wonder where that comes from. You know, that can shift things into a more pleasant or harmonious type of dynamic. So if you can be curious rather than, you know, feel judged or criticized, um, I think that can really help open things up as Venus comes out of her retrograde. Yeah, totally. Cool. So fantastic. So have we yeah. covered everything we wanted to talk about astrologically with uh, I feel like I've covered even more. This has been yeah. great. Yeah. I think we're starting to get on that uh in terms of the timeline of you know the astro weather. It's think there's gonna be so much juicy stuff to talk about. You know, the worst is over and, you know, we're not at the end of the tunnel yet, but we can you know, the light is there. It's yeah. coming. Yeah, yeah. like winter for you guys, sorry to say, but, you know, we've got summer (laughs) and it's all happening, you know. There'll be summer Um, in our souls, which is, you know, that's great. Yeah, as long as you've got summer in the soul, (laughs) you're always always warm and in the light, which is really really great. So was there anything else we wanted to touch base on? I mean, you know, uh, food, life, anything that we want to share that might be – sort of relevant to the astro weather right now? The only thing that I wanted to bring up and it's a really, and maybe it's t- um, to be opened in another conversation is I've been delving into something called Ho'oponopono, which is a Hawaiian um, system of trying to clear patterns. It almost feels like now we're moving out of that Scorpio stuff to clear patterns. Mm. And it's all about connecting to the divine or connecting to the universe or whatever you want to call it and coming in and asking for forgiveness and really being, um, yeah, opening up to what's possible and in clearing out those old patterns. So probably something for another episode. I like that. It kind of ties into what we've been talking about though. So yeah, yeah, that can be something maybe people can have a little look up or we can share more. I think there's going to be more to say on that like repair and reconnect relationship front in December when Venus comes back into Scorpio, I think. Mm. Yeah. 
yeah. Yeah. Lots, lots to look forward to. Excellent. Um, okay, guys. Well, thank you. I think yeah. we've covered the second week of November. So thanks, everyone, once again for joining us. And we really look forward to bringing you a third episode. So please uh, be in touch if there's any uh, questions, comments, pop a link or pop a comment in the link below. And uh, so your website, Lishi, is futurefrequency.com.au or .com.au. .au. Okay. Yep. Kelly is kellysastrology.com and my website is at cassandratindle.com. So you're welcome to connect with us uh, via there and, of course, all the social media platforms are there too. And we look forward to uh, filling you in on our next update. Wish you all the best. Thanks, Bye girls. for now. Bye, everyone.